Top 1030, you guys good? You guys ready? Where are your Bibles at? Let me see them. Let me see them. Come on, hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. It's your word. It's good. Bring your Bibles and um, let's get to it today. Colossians chapter 3. Um, while you're turning there, let me say just a couple of things for those of you who don't know me. My name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here at LifePoint. Incredible privilege. I love what God is doing in our, in our children's ministry and our youth. I saw a lot of people come up and a lot of kids, parents. If your kid's not in youth group, get them to youth group. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Some great stuff happening there. Get your kids checked in every week. We want to partner with you in helping to raise your kids, to inject Jesus into their life, to model that for them. Get them here every week. Make it a priority. And as always, if there's anything that we can do for you, let us know. We're here to serve you and come alongside you. And um, one more thing. You just saw the video about surrounded this is a single mom's event and maybe maybe you're a single dad in this place and we don't want to leave you out i would like to connect with you personally if you're a single dad if you're raising your kids by yourself as a dad let me know i want to connect with you i want to talk with you i want to surround you as well and um not just not just pray for you but to really walk this out with you let me explain what single means right and i'm not picking i want you to understand this i'm not picking on you but if you're cohabitating with somebody and you have kids together, that doesn't mean you're single. Okay? And we can help get those things uh, remedied and, and right. But just, just understand, this is single means you're, you're doing this thing by yourself for whatever reason um, you're doing it. And single parents, I, I applaud you. Those of you in the room today, I applaud you for doing it. What, what an amazing thing you're doing. You're here in church. I mean, it's it's hard with two of you, amen, but for one of you and getting to church and making it a priority, and I know several of you are doing it, and I just, I'm, I'm so, man, it just encourages me. Let me just say it like that. It just encouraged me to see you guys doing that. Let's jump in here today. I want to help you understand something. We're, gonna, we're, we're not going to shift much. We changed the graphic. We even changed the name, but we're still in Colossians. This was supposed to be a four-week series but it's been extended probably eight weeks. We'll see what happens. But it's just at the Lord's timing. And how many of you love the word of God? Anybody love the word of God? It's changing us and it's getting us better. And, you know, sometimes this stuff is, is pretty deep. As I told you a few weeks ago, this isn't for shallow swimmers, right? We're learning something. We're growing. And for some of you, it's like, whoa, this is like this, the steak is like too big a piece and I can't digest everything. But you're getting some nourishment from it. And ask the Lord to help you. Just, God, what do, you wanna, what do you want me to get out of this passage? Let it come into my life. And, and I, I'll tell you my challenge, my struggle is that we have people in all different levels of faith. We have some people in the room today that have never been to church before. And welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You matter so much to the Lord. God loves you so much that he gave his son for you. And welcome to the family. We're just, we're just really glad you're here today. But there's also people who have been in the faith for 60 years. Right, and so we're all over the place, and so my challenge, right, is to, to give something to everybody, and that the best way, and I know how to do that, is the Word of God, because God always gets His work done through His Word, and so there's some challenging things today that we've got to get after, and I don't want to make this so easy that we just walk through and like, oh, that was the Word of God, okay, cool, no, and I don't want to make it so difficult where you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I want to make sure that you're, you're getting what the Lord wants to say today and the gospel is always clear and it's always precise and it's always applicable and it always matters so get it inside of you so what does that mean 
as we talk about Colossians and the supremacy of Christ or his greatness and his bigness and he's grandiose and he's just better and he's our all in all. How does that work? Well, it works inside of these walls as the local church as we come together. It works inside of your families as you take your kids to school on Wednesday and say, God, you're bigger than anything that's going to come against them this year. And you put that in him. It goes with you at work. He goes with you at work when you feel like everybody's against me at work. No, God is for you, right? And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That means he's doing it. And in society, when you think you can't make it, God is with you. And there's a lot of things that you did not get right this week, right? Anybody get something wrong this week? I got a lot wrong this week. <laughs> and I'm going to say, God, you need to help me with the things that I got wrong this week. But guess what? With the Lord's help, I did some things right this week. And, and, and make sure that you say, thank you, God. Thank you that you helped me walk on your path of righteousness. And as that happens, it will develop more and more. And I love it. And so as we're knowing God, and Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, he wrote to the Colossians and said, you need a better understanding of Jesus, who he is, what he has done for you, what he has done in you, what he's going to do. All of this is important. He knew we needed to know him. So that sets us up today for Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Let's go. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. I love the word raised here. Some of you are like, God's trying to smash me down. God's trying to get me. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, let me tell you something. If God wanted to get you, he would have got you. You know what I mean? You can't outrun God. God's just chasing me down. No, he will catch you because he's God. He's almighty. He doesn't, he can't, you can't outrun him. You can't get in front of him. He's just there. But God is not trying to smash you. He's not trying to crush you. He's trying to build you up. He's trying to edify you. He's trying to build you into a new life, a new creature, a vessel that can be used for his glory and his fame. And so the word raised here is important. But raised to what? New life. There are a bunch of churches. I think there's one here in Homestead called New Life, right? It's, it's important that we get this. Who doesn't like new? Everybody likes new. Everybody likes new and shiny. Well, well God is the creator of new. He makes it. He gives us new life. This, this next set of words here actually says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. This word set really takes us to a point in the original language where it's really like, set. I'm going to set this. I'm going to strive for this. I'm going to move earnestly towards this thing. And more and more, if you're like me, you're getting like far away from the things of this world, which we'll talk about in a second. It's like the, the stuff just gets less and less appealing. It gets less important, right? And I start changing my focus. My heart is being changed and I'm driven or my, my focus is being set on the realities of heaven. I'm like, the older I get, the less I am afraid to die. When I was a kid, I was terrified to die, right? Now I'm like, whenever you're ready, Lord, I'm ready. Take me home, right? You know, even my daughter's understanding this. Like, I'm ready to go home. This is, you can have this world. Just give me Jesus, right? So we're fixing or setting our attention, and here's a key word, decisively toward things above. Decisively. That means you wake up and you're like, I'm going this way. It's set. There's no, there's no standard 
other than the standard of God in my life. Now, there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of chirping, a lot of talking, a lot of things happening. All of that is getting washed out by the focus, by the striving towards. And Paul talked a lot about striving. Now, your striving doesn't save you. Jesus does the saving, but it's important for us to set our minds on this and let him raise us up. Ephesians 1.20, it's not on the screen, just listen. 19 and 20 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. You believe in him? Yes or no? If you believe in him, you have, you'll understand the greatness of God's power. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. We talk about this a lot. Ephesians has a great path. God raised him from the dead, set him in the heavenly realms in the high places next to the Father, at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, praying for you. When you were saved, you were raised to new life in Christ, into the heavenly realms. Our, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in where? High places. You see what's happening here? Everything is taken care of because it's in God's backyard. So, so the Lord is seated on his, in his seat of divine authority. Why? Because he already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has. We haven't. One day we're going to step into what the old school people would call Glory. Right? I can't wait. How many of you want from, I want glory, right? One day we're going to glory. That means you don't have to worry about the temptation. You don't have to worry about tripping up and falling anymore because we're in glory. Right? And we can sing and shout the victory on that day. But until then, we've got to set, decisively, lock our eyes on the things of heaven. And everything in our world right now is trying to get you to look the other way. Like, hey, look over here. And, we're like, oh. and you get off course, and then you come back to church on Sunday, and Lord willing, you listen to the word of God, and it just gets you, and it's like this. Because every time you rightly divide the word of God, every time you open up the word of God and begin to study, it sets your course straight. God will put you on straight street like you did, Paul, and drive you towards him. That's always going to be the case, and it is important. Verse 2, think about the things of heaven. Not the things of earth. You know how much time we think about the things of earth? Most of the time. Most of the time. Who doesn't want to retire? Right? Go to work. Probably most of you wake up and like, oh, I don't want to go to work. You'll start complaining after church about going to work tomorrow. Right? That's things of earth. Right? It's not only just positive or negative stuff, it's everything. We just think about earth. Oh, I got to go there, I got to deal with these people, or this, if I could just get enough money. If I was, oh, how, how many of you thought you were going to win that $1.4 million? You're like, hanging on. Like, I wanted to win it too, I don't even play the lottery. I would actually have to find the ticket, the winning ticket. That would be a real miracle, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's like, man, who doesn't? Like, oh, I just want to relax and go on the beach and have new stuff. Everybody's thinking about these things. These are not the things that we're supposed to be focused on. These are not the, the things that, that are supposed to hold our attention because these things are temporary. They are temporary. Second Corinthians 4, he says, well, what is unseen is 
eternal, the things you can't see, the things that, that, that you can't get your, your hands on, and those are the things that are most important, and we love blessed. Oh, I'm just so blessed. I'm just, I got a new job. I'm blessed. I got a new car. I'm blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. All this stuff, right? And, and that's great, but there are greater blessings. Those are the spiritual blessings that God has for you, salvation and hope and strength and life. And, and, and as we look at these things, and we're shedding, right, and striving and thinking, they're two different things. As we said, the first one suggests striving, right? Strive, go, run, pursue, press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus, right? All of this stuff we're going, but the second part is important to add on to that, and that is concentration. Strive. And concentrate. And some of you don't have either one. But some of you have one or the other. You can concentrate, but you got no, like, stick to You don't have any drive. You don't have any determination. Some of you got a lot of determination. You're like, we're going to do it. We're going to start. Ah, and then you just lose your focus. We can't lose our focus. And we can't lose our drive. And the only way I know to keep it is to stay locked into his word. To stay locked into him. To stay close to him because he empowers us. Right? As you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he empowers you to do his work. Stay locked in. Paul's not just saying, I hate all the stuff of the world. He's just saying, don't let your mind be occupied by it. You have, Drive your car. But your car's not your savior. It's going to rust. It's going to die. It's, going to, it's, going to, it's just going to have problems. But Jesus will never have problems. He's the only solution in your life. The one constant in your life. Verse 3 says, for you died to this life. You died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ and God. Die. Apothenesco, like away from, to die from, literally means to die and to cease to have vital function. Some of you poured everything into your previous life. Some of you call that B.C. Those were my B.C. days. You know what that is? Before Christ days, right? Well, like that's dead. We don't need to talk about B.C. because he's dead, right? And so we, like that's, that's over, but literally it ceased. That thing, that life, it ceased to breathe. It's dead. That guy, that lady, that person that was is dead. They're gone, set apart from that, right? We, we die to the rule because that, that life, if we're not careful, that, that, that old life, it rules us. It rules us. Addictions, bondage, chains, that's the old life. That's not the life that God has for you. He has freedom and hope. And grace and strength and mercy and compassion. These are the things of God. The abundant life of God. Your old life was, was a, a taskmaster. It was one who just beat you down every day and said, this is what you're going to do. And it pulled you and held you into a life of sin. And listen to this. If you haven't died to yourself today, you need to die. You need to die. And if you're in the room right now and you're like, I don't want to die today. I'm not talking about your blood and your heart stopping. I'm talking about spiritually you need to die to yourself. But here's the good news. You get to be born again. 
You get to be born again to new life, a better life, abundant life, a life of hope, a life of strength. All of that is available through him. Nowhere else, nowhere else is that available. And it takes courage to die to yourself because the whole world is telling you something different. The whole world. Listen to this quote. It's a little bit heavy, but listen to A.B. Simpson says that our life is hid from the world which cannot understand us. It is hid from the devil who cannot steal it. It is hid often from our own consciousness. And when we think it gone and mourn our lack of feeling, we find that Christ is still there waiting till the eclipse is over to reveal himself in unchanging love. Listen, the security of our life is not in our experience, but in him. The security of your life is not in your experience. That's our struggle, right? More money in the bank, retirement. If I could just get this, I'm better not invest. You better get the crypto now because that's going to be it. Is everything's going? Who cares? That's not your security. Your security is in Him. Live Christ. Live Him. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. If we can get this inside, and so our life is hidden now. And it's not going to look like your, your glory is not going to look like the worldly splendor. It's not. It's not going to look like all this world patting you on the back and saying, you're the man. It's not going to look like that. The message says, your, listen to the message, says, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ and God. He is your life. People are watching the spectators. The message called them spectators. You want to fly your, your Jesus freak flag? You better fly it all week long. Not just on Sundays because you can check in on LifePoint, but everybody else sees where you check in on Saturday too. Verse 4 says, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. We already talked about the glory. You want to go there. You want to experience the glory. We all want to experience the glory. There's a new direction, a new focus, a new attention that's coming, and it's not on the things of this world, right? And I know, I know, I know we can think about heaven and be like, oh, I just want, oh it's going to be great when we get to heaven, and we can sing all the old songs like I often do. I sing half those old songs all week long, songs most of you don't know anything about. Right, about getting out of here and living in heaven forever and it's going to be great. But let me tell you something, living down here for him, with him, living him is great too. And you should experience that greatness in your life all week long. And I know, I know it's challenging. Woost said this, he said, he's not just the giver of our eternal life, but he's the essence of that life. He is the giver of life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If he gave it and Jesus said, I, I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. God gave you that access to that abundant life. But he's not just the giver of eternal life. He's the essence of that life. Whew. You need to meditate on that for a second. Some of you are like your essence is all messed up. Like the, the aroma in your life is all messed up because you're in the wrong 
atmosphere. You're in the wrong room. You need the essence of the Holy Spirit. You need that kind of presence in your life, not just the presence of the parties of this world. You need to do something different. So here's what it looks like. Verse 5. It's going to be hard. So put to death the sinful. Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Whew. Now, if you're looking for more, you're like, well, is that, is that all it says about it? No, you can go to Romans chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and read these things. Maybe you can't get a little help over here. Um, here's what we understand is that there's a challenge. There's a challenge on us in today's society that is trying to get in your heart, that is trying to change your mind, that is trying to get you to lose your focus on things. And a big, big push of it is through sexual immorality. I already prayed this morning. Maybe get a little help. We got a we got a room over there. It will help. Maybe maybe get them some food or something. So this is this is the deal. Whatever the world is coming at you with, you better measure it against the word of God. You better measure it against the word of God. And there is a lot of nonsense that has spiraled completely out of control. Completely out of control. Let me tell you, I'm going to say it like this, super plain and easy for you. God has a standard sexually. I know there's a lot of kids in the room, so I'll be, I'll be careful. It's one man, one woman. That's it. That is it. Now listen, I'm going to make it very clear to you. Everybody is welcome at this church. I don't know what you went through in your life, but it doesn't change God's standard. It doesn't change God's standard. And just because I preach the word of God does not mean I don't love you. The world is telling you, oh, if you preach the word of God, you hate me. It's hate speech. No, it's not. It's love speech. I guarantee you, nothing you bring to, to the table that we talk about will change my love for you, just like it won't change God's love for you. Don't let the word, world twist your thinking, church. You've got to be locked into this. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Nothing. And if you need a better understanding of what that is, come talk to me. I'm going to help you with it. Impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, listen to this. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Ooh. Because of these things, the anger of God is coming. There's nobody in this room that wants the anger of God on them. Normally, if I said, raise your hand, if you raise your hand, you're a crazy person. Nobody. 
because of these things. Thank you, sir. Because of these things. Because of these sins. The anger of God is coming. And some of you say, like, well, I thought, I thought God was love. He is love. But he's also just. And he's given us ample opportunity to live for him to change our lives. Listen to Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. It's not on the screen. Just listen. It said, but because you are stubborn and you refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up a terrible punishment for yourselves. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep doing good, seeking after glory and honor and immortality that God offers. Well, God's dispensing. He's distributing wonderful things. All the stuff that people are after on social media, glory, honor, immortality. That's actually the stuff that social media and people in the world can't give to you. God is saying, I have it. If you will continue to live a righteous, holy life, seeking after glory and honor and immortality, God offers. God offers it. Not the world. The world is lying to you. It's actually lying to you, telling you, I'm going to give you these things just to get you over here to give you death and destruction. Verse 7 says, you used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. Used to, question mark? Used to? And only you can answer this in your life. You say, did I used to do that? Or did I have a, a cool moment at church and I still do those things? And here's the truth. I get it. You've heard me say this before. I do believe people can have a genuine, great encounter with God here in this, in this room. I believe that. But I believe that if they're not careful, if, if they don't change things out there, they'll go right back into the pit. Because, because we're creatures of habit. We're habitual. You've got to change something. Something has to change in your life. The programs know it. Narnon, Anon, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. What do they say? If nothing changes, nothing changes. Like if, if you want to get in a program or you want to work your steps, okay, fine. But they know if you go right back to that same group of people, you're going right back in the pit. Even they know that. If, if you come here and you encounter God, you go out there, something has to change. Not something, everything, everything has to change. And we bought into this thing and it's like, I could come to church and throw off a couple of Hail Marys and everything's going to be good. We bought into that and it's, it's not okay. It's not okay. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Verse 8, but now. Now is the time to get rid of, and he continues with another list. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Now is the time. Put to death these sinful things over here and change your attitude. Some of you are so angry you can't see straight. 
You're just running off the rails every single day. It doesn't take anything for you to just fly off and start cussing people out and ready to fight everybody. It happens all the time. It's like, what is, where did that come from? It came from you. Because you didn't put it to death. You didn't do anything. You didn't change anything in your life. That's not what God has for you. And it's, we, one, one theologian called them repulsive habits. Repulsive. So if you've been described as having an anger problem, get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's got to go. Got to go today. Malicious behavior, slander. You like talking about people? Stop it. You like telling dirty jokes? Stop it. You like cussing? Stop it. Get a dictionary. Learn some new words. What I, what I like is that Paul has, has kind of made a shift. He's, it's almost like the, the clothing. But you got, a, you got a new outfit. The old outfit, the dirty language, the sexual immorality, the rage, the malicious behavior, the slander, the dirty abuses, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. You're walking around, you look goofy in your old outfit. You look goofy in your leisure suit, people. No, no, no. You guys don't know what leisure suits are. Bad nose. Few of you walking around in your like leisure suit with a big old collar in 1970, breaking it down disco style. And got some old discotheque people in this place. <laughs> it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. If you, if, you, if you knew how goofy you looked, you wouldn't wear it. You wouldn't wear it. Would you stand with me in this place? I didn't get to where I wanted to get to today, but the Lord got out what he wanted. Would you bow your heads with me today? so sorry for the things that we've messed up. We're sorry for the things that we've held back from you. Sorry for the things that we've purposely done that don't honor you. But we're here. And we're ready. And we ask that you would change us today. From the inside out, God. Change us. Change our hearts. Change our minds. Help us to set our mind on you, on your things, the things of heaven, the eternal blessings. Help us to fix our behavior. 
give us a strong spiritual backbone to stand strong, to change behaviors. We don't want to be legalistic. We want to be holy. We want to be holy, God. You said be holy. presence in this room never disappoints your word never disappoints it always watches it always makes us better we trust you God we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that you are our Lord and Savior you have saved us now run the show in our life be the Lord of our life guide us direct us convict us strengthen us fill us with power so that we can be your witnesses thank you for this church. I thank you for this people. I love what you're doing. We surrender all to you. Have your way, not just today, but every day in our lives. And we pray this in the wonderful, powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together, church? Let me tell you just a couple things very quickly. Um, you know, there's a lot happening. It's up to you. You're the defender. Dads, you're the priest of your house. Be a man. Lead your kids to Jesus. Be a man. Lead them to the Lord every single day. Moms, we're, we're praying for you. Parents, we're praying for you. We can never be, you know, anything to you. If we can help, if we can just listen sometimes, we're here. We spend a lot of time in the office throughout the week. We're here to help you. We're here to walk this alone. You have a great team of people. Who, this is a great family. It's a special, special place. Not a perfect place, but a special place. And we're so glad that you guys are a part of it. We've got some amazing things happening. Um, make sure you stay tuned in online. Let's fill up the rest of these seats next week. Each one, you got it. Let's pray our benediction together. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Love you guys.